Hey, hey. Is it? Dang it, I really didn't want to say, is this thing on? But is it on? Oh, I'm so mad that I said that. I, like, do sound at Morningstar, and I'm always telling, like, the speaker, just trust me, it's on. Just don't get up there and say, is it on? Just start talking. And then, so that's why I said, hey, and you guys are like, she's already so awkward, because I didn't want to say, is this thing on? And now, I am now that person that says, is this thing on? I'm a little embarrassed, but... Um, hi, my name is Ruthie Perry. Um, I work for Call to Greatness at KU. Um, I've lived in KU now for like nine years. It's been really incredible. Um, it's actually where I grew up in my faith. I was a PK, um, and so, you know, like I had a lot of church history, church knowledge, but I promise you, I didn't, I had never heard of the kingdom of God until I came to KU, and by the time I was at KU, I was already doing my own thing, like you know what I mean when I say doing my own thing, right? Code, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Going out, partying, drinking, smoking, all the things. Uh, and, um, and then I met some really cool people. Um, they kind of shared, like, the kingdom of God. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, 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 my dad's a pastor. Like, I already know. Like, and then I was like, wait, what is this kingdom that you are talking about? I've never, it's crazy, crazy. I never had heard of it. And there's that scripture that says, you know, um, give them eyes to um, see and ears to hear the kingdom of God. It's like, wow, that was my life. Because I like even grew up in the church and didn't ever have that like aha moment until college. Um, And so KU is really near and dear to my heart because that's really where I matured as a follower of Jesus. It's where I met my husband. It's where I've gotten married, where I got married. Um, and it's just been an incredible place. And so, rock chalk, I know I'm in Imwa territory, but, you know, I just got to say it one time for the one time. Um, and, yeah, uh, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about, uh, like, being a faith gang, okay? So, um, right, like, come on, gang, let's go. And so, when I say faith gang, I, I call this message faith gang because there's a girl at KU, her name is Ashton, and she is a part of the, you know, she's really big into, like, ath- like athletic stuff. That didn't sound right. Okay, I obviously don't know sports. So, like, she um, was played basketball. There we go. And um, whenever she, like, walks into a room of, like, people who have, like, you know, shared faith, so, like, within our community at Call to Greatness and Morning Star Church, she'll be like, what up, faith gang? You know, and then she'll send a, an enc- uh, encouraging text message, maybe in our group chat with some student leaders. What up, faith gang? She gets up on the mic maybe to share something or just, like, encourage people, like, walks into a room, you know what I'm about to say, right? What up, faith gang? Like, she's always bringing the faith gang into, um, into the room. And I think it's really encouraging for us because not only does it spark joy, but it also, it calls us to attention. You know, all of a sudden she says faith gang, and it's like, oh, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm, I'm that gang that she's referring to. I'm part of this faith gang, this coalition, this group of people. Um, and, you know, every gang clearly has a mission. You know, the Crips, the Bloods. Uh, they've got a mission, dominate, gain power, control, all of that. But in the kingdom of God, you know, the faith gang in the kingdom of God has a completely different mission, and it's to advance, serve, and invite. Sorry, did I say that right? Invite, right? That is the mission of the faith gang, um, to inv- advance the kingdom of God, to serve the people around us, and to be invitational, and to invite people into the kingdom, invite people into the mission, Um, And so that's what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today is about doing things together. You guys are in the middle of a series I hear about better together. And so um, today, this morning, that's what I'll be sharing. But I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll kind of just jump in. 
Um, so Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, that you are a communal God. It's in your character, Lord, to be communal. And Lord, I thank you that there is a body of Christ in this room and across Kansas, Lord, um, in Kansas City and in Lawrence, God, all under the umbrella of serving your kingdom and advancing your kingdom. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just um, teach us to be better together, Lord, to bring all that we are and who we are to the table to serve you and to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think a lot of times when we talk about faith, um, we typically like to think about it in regards to our own personal faith, right? It's like, my faith. I mean, I shared with you guys a little bit of my testimony. It was very centered around me. And I think a lot of times that's something that's just kind of um, communicated. Faith, you know, like how God is changing my life and this, that, and the other. But today, again, we're talking about the community of believers, this faith gang of believers. And so as I'm talking, I'd really hope that you would um, listen to this message thinking about we, like the team, the, pe the very people in this room. Like, this message is for all of us together. It's not, you know, in, um, uh, what's the word? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the word is. It's not um, trying to, like, take one person out and be like, oh, this message is for you, but this message is really for all of us to receive together. And so we're just going to jump into the book of Luke, um, and we're going to be looking at two stories um, in chapter 5. Chapter 5 records a couple of miracles that Jesus performs while he's out and about doing his ministry. And the first miracle that we're going to look at is the miracle of Jesus healing the leper. And so we're going to pick up this um, verse in verse 12. So if you're following along, it's on the back of the screen. So it goes on and says, While he was in one of the cities, and this is Jesus, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, can you make me clean? Okay, so before we jump into verse three, uh, 13, I just want us to take a second here. Like, this man is a man riddled with disease. He's a man who has been afflicted with leprosy. It's highly contagious. People don't like it. People are afraid. Does that sound kind of familiar? We're just coming out of a pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, people don't necessarily want him to be around. And so he's an outcast. And he has the nerve. Can you believe this? The audacity. <laughs> To hear about Jesus and then think to himself, I think I'm going to go find this man that they call Jesus. I think I'm going to go and see if Jesus can heal me, right? He approaches Jesus, Lord, if you're willing, can you heal me? And I think this has a lot to demonstrate about this man's faith. Clearly, he had a faith in Jesus. You know, he heard about Jesus' reputation and really believes that if he encounters God, you know, that maybe the living God would be able to heal him. And so it's his faith that brought him before Jesus. And we'll pick up now in verse 13 and 14, and it says, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for proof to them. Right, so the leper had this um, individual faith that, Jesus, uh, that, that led him to um, encounter Jesus. But if you know the rest of the story, we know that it doesn't stop there. And it says in verse 15, But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to him to be healed, and this is Jesus, of their infirmities. But he withdrew to a desolate place to go and pray. So this guy gets healed. Jesus is like, don't maybe tell everybody, you know what I mean? Like, but go to the temple and do what you need to do to prove that you're healed. And good news of this man's miracle cannot be contained, 
right? The good news of who Jesus is and the miracle that this man just encountered could not be contained, right? Good news couldn't be contained. He went and he shared it, even though Jesus was like, maybe don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Maybe there's a level of disobedience, but maybe also the mere fact that this guy was riddled with disease, his skin looked awful, and now he's walking around in town, you know what I mean? They all probably know this guy had leprosy, and all of a sudden his skin is clear, Like, he probably didn't have to go and, like, share with people, oh, yeah, this man, Jesus, healed me. It's pretty apparent. You know, he was, like, riddled with disease, and now he's clean, right? The the testimony of who Jesus is is already, like, what Jesus has done in his life is already being shared. And I think that's really important for us to recognize is that this man's individual faith actually led to more people knowing who Jesus was. More people were made aware of who Jesus was because this man just couldn't contain the good news, whether it was vocally or just in in showing his face around town, right? And that's my first main point here, is that individual faith, it's not supposed to stop with you, it's meant to empower you. Just like with that guy's story, it empowered him to go around, live his life like he had never lived before, right? And now he's healed. It empowered him to share the good news of who Jesus is, right? That's my first point for us is that it's supposed to empower us. So it's important to have an individual faith, but it's not supposed to stop with you. Man, you're supposed to share it. And it's supposed to be evident in our transformed life. You know, maybe it's not like disease that you have, but maybe it's like an addiction. Maybe it's, um, you know, a perpetual sin. Maybe it's just your thought patterns or your attitude. God wants to transform you so that when you go back home or into your workplace, people are like, yeah, you're a little different now. Or maybe you're a lot different now, you know, like... I was a lot different after I encountered Jesus at KU, a lot different. And my family knew, my friends knew back home. They're like, you want to go out with us? I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to, no, I'm not going to do that this weekend. And they're like, what? Yeah, I mean, the good news couldn't be stopped, man. Jesus has transformed me. I got better things to do now. You know what I mean? Um, so we're going to now pick up the story because that was more about individual faith, but yet at the same time it involved other people. Now we're going to look at the story and really kind of dissect the faith gang, because I think in this next story you can kind of see a gang, if you will, um, involved, and this is the story of the paralytic man, and it starts in verse 17, it's right after the story about the leper, and it says, on those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Verse 18, And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed, through the tiles, into the midst before Jesus. All right, this is the faith squad. They've just entered the scene. We don't know how many people they are. I like to think it's four amigos. Maybe it's five amigos. I don't really know. But it's a squad of people who've got you know, an ambitious um, adventure. They're about to drag their friend on a bed to encounter Jesus. And we don't have a lot of details about this, um, this squad. We have no idea how far they had to travel, necessarily. We don't know how heavy the guy... And, I mean, let's think about this. Just even carrying, a, like, a 30-pound kid can be really hard. Like, my friend has a... Th- you know, some of the moms are like, yes. My friend has a kid. She's 30 pounds, walking her to and from Walmart, like from the car is an adventure for me. And now there's these four, you know, four, a couple dudes who are carrying a man in a bed. That has to be exhausting. 
that has to take a lot of effort. We don't know a lot of the details, but we can assume that this isn't just as easy as reading the verse. This is taking some work and this is taking some effort. And in fact, they, they have um, been inhibited. Their access to Jesus was kind of denied immediately. And now they have to, you know, do the hard work of pulling tile and like laboring. Like that's taking some, that takes a lot of energy and effort. And, but this is the great part about this, is that Jesus notices something about these guys. Verse 20, it says, And when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins, man, Jesus is so casual, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And the rest of the story goes on, and it says that Jesus kind of rebuttals the Pharisees and, you know, Jesus wins, obviously, and he tells the man, get up and walk. The man gets up and walks, and this is the last verse in this story in verse 26. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen an extraordinary thing today. So here's my next point, is that collective faith can usher people into God's presence. Right? Collective faith can usher people into God's presence. Note that it wasn't the faith of the paralyzed man that Jesus recognized. It was the faith of the friends. It was the faith of the friends that brought the man to Jesus. The man couldn't get to Jesus on his own. He didn't have the ability to get to Jesus on his his own. But his friends had the faith. They had the faith followed by actions to bring their friend to Jesus. Right? And sometimes that's what our faith can do as a whole. When we link arms together as a body, like this body right here, when we're believing for things to happen, it can bring people into, God's, um, into, into experiencing God's presence who wouldn't be able to do it on their own. They don't have the faith. And Jesus responded to their faith saying, because of your faith, right? He saw their faith. Um, just last weekend, call to greatness at KU, Washburn, and Baker. We took like a mini spring break trip up in Branson. And it was a lot of fun. We spent a lot of time together. And in the morning on Saturday, um, we were going to do a surface project. And we were asked to rake a ton of leaves. Okay, this is Branson at a camp that's like a lot of trees. Like a lot of trees. (laughs) And uh, not that many rakes, not that many tarps. But there was a lot of us. And so we're like all gung-ho. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to help. We're going to, like, make it so great for the camp kids when they get here in two months. Like, it's going to look so beautiful, right? And so we are um, working really hard. We're, like, raking. And my friends Lindsay and Hannah, we were, I think, all together. We were raking. It was, it was the girl squad, too. You know, I, was, I said, well, I'm proud of us. Let's go, ladies. And so we, uh, we were working really hard. And I'm from the suburbs. And so where I live, like, we don't, like, rake leaves and tarps. That was a new concept to me. We just put them in, in bags for, like, the city to come pick up. Like, you put them there one day. When you leave, you wake up in the morning, they're gone. But apparently in, like, the rural area, that's just not how it works. So um, the campground guy, he was telling us, what you got to do is, like, rake it into these tarps, and then you got to drive the truck. Hannah drove the truck, and then you got to take it to the burn pile, and we'll burn it all later. And I was like, man, I'm a city kid. This is all new to me. That's kind of cool. Um, and so uh, we were working really hard. We only had three tarps. Like I said, this is a campground, many trees, many leaves. We kind of like assessed the situation. We're like, if we don't fill these tarps up to the max, we'll never leave. Like we're never going to get this job done. There's only three tarps. And so um, we were like filling the, the tarps with leaves, like so many leaves. And then, uh, you know, 
we're think I don't know what we were all thinking, but in my mind, like a leaf is light, but like 10,000 leaves, not so light, <laughs> right? And so there was like five or six of us girls, and uh, I don't know where all the guys were, but that's okay. There were five or six of us girls, and we were like lifting it, and it was like so hard just to get it to the truck. You know, we, we were strong. Got it up on the bed of the truck. Hannah's driving the truck. We get to the burn pile. This is supposed to be the easy part of this. We're supposed to take the tarp and just pull it down into the burn pile, right? It should have been really easy because gravity's on our side, but we were actually working against a hill, so we weren't thinking. It's okay. We learned the second time around. But we were working really, really hard to get it. And it wasn't until we said we had the bright idea after like 10 minutes of just like pulling just to get all of the leaves out to be like, let's count on the count of three and then all push, right? Like, oh, like maybe if we actually did this like together in sync, cohesively working together, this will be easier. And we said, one, two, three, y'all, we got two inches down, which is progress because up to this point we hadn't gotten anything. And like, we did have to have some help. Somebody came and helped us and rescued us. But the point is, is that sometimes you gotta do things together in order to get the job done, right? And we were together, but we weren't really in sync. We weren't really communicating. We weren't really like, strategizing with one another, and it wasn't until we did that we saw some progress. And when I was reading the story about the paralyzed man, you know, it got me thinking about the, the tarps and the leaves, because I, I wondered, man, if, let's say, Lindsay decided to drop one of the corners of the bags, she would have left us hanging. We would have struggled. Like, it required all of us Every single person whose hand that touched the bag, right? And I loved what Hema said, church starts when you wake up in the morning, when your eyes open. It required every single one of us to be a part of accomplishing this job. What would have happened? Let's say this in the story. What would have happened if one of the guys decided, you know, I'm really tired. I'm out. Just, I'm done. I can't carry him anymore. Like, would he have, would he have reached Jesus? And I don't know. We don't know the story. We don't know. This is kind of a made-up situation, but it really did get me thinking. It required all of them, required every single person to carry the man to encounter Jesus. And that's my third point this morning, is that your faith is needed in your community. This is not for, like, an ego trip, right? Like, oh, your faith, your faith, it matters. Like, it does, but there's also a sense of responsibility when I say that, that your faith is needed in your community. There is a responsibility that every single person in this room who is a follower of Jesus has. It requires every single person to do their part, to work together, to bring people into the kingdom, right? To advance the kingdom, to serve the people around us, and to invite people in. That's the mission of a faith gang, right? It requires every single one of us. And being a member of a faith community doesn't mean that you have the faith and the beliefs of that community, but that you're bringing something to that community. I'm going to say that again in case, you know, you didn't catch that. Being a member of a faith community doesn't mean that you just have the faith and the beliefs of the community, but that you're bringing something to that community to help it grow, right? James 2, 17 through 18 says this, in the same way faith by itself, well, let me say that again, in the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by what I do. Right? Those guys had, this, in the story, they had the faith. Jesus said, I saw your faith. But their faith led them to carry the man from however far it took, then up 
against gravity, pulling tiles, lowering them down, man, their faith was accompanied by actions. We have to be a people who are more than just consumer Christians, right? The kingdom of God doesn't need more consumer Christians. The kingdom of God needs people who are going to be contributors. Find a way to contribute. Find a way to bring your skills and talents into the body of Christ to help it grow, to help it flourish, because we're better together. We're better together. We're not, great, we're not all that great on our own. And this can really only be done by applying our actions, to our, our faith to our actions. And so here's just a couple of tangible ways, just a few. There's clearly a ton more, and I'm sure there are people in this room who can help you find ways to live by faith. But here's just a few scenarios that I've thought of um, and just a couple of stories that I, I can share. So pray and believe with someone. And I love that Hemo it was like, hey, we're going to pray. And I like, looked over at Sharon and I go, that's one of my points. <laughs> go, Jesus. Okay? Right. Pray and believe with somebody. Like, that's a big deal. Let's not minimize the things that God asks us to do in our day-to-day lives as followers of Christ as unimportant. Praying and believing with someone is a huge part that you can bring yourself into a community. We're better together. So bring your faith. Bring your faith and come alongside someone in praying and believing. Um, And sometimes it's easy because we've done it before for a particular scenario. Like I've prayed and believed for financial issues with my friends. Yeah, I've seen God do that breakthrough because I've experienced it in my life. I'm going to pray and believe with you. Come on, let's pray. But then there's sometimes where somebody's going through something that you've never experienced. And it's like, I don't know how to bring my faith necessarily to this situation. And I had a situation like this happen to me um, a couple years ago. So there was a student at KU, um, and she and I, we had been spending a lot of time together that semester, well, actually a couple for that year, and um, she called me and shared that one of her friends had passed away pretty tragically. It was a, a very sudden and tragic death. And so as a good, I was just trying to be a good friend, you know, listen, console, listen, console, comfort, do that again and again. And um, two months passed, and she told me this, and, um, and it really struck me. She said, hey, I, I really believe that God can bring him from the dead. And I was like, it's been two months. Like, I've seen, I've, you know, I've seen it in the Bible where it happened pretty, like, quickly, you know, like, Lazarus, Jesus even, you know, rose from the dead after three days. But like two months, I was like, I don't know if I can pray and believe that. I don't know if I have the faith to do that. I just don't know if I can bring my faith alongside that. But you know, God really challenged me, not so much in his ability, but like, hey, let's, let's join our faith with her. Because that's what she really, like, that's what God was working on in her. She needed somebody to pray and believe with her. And you know, that didn't happen, and that was okay, and God showed her that he was still in control and that he still loved her, but I think what God really was asking of me was, like, be in the trenches with her. She's hurting. Meet her where she's at. Yeah, Yeah, you've never done this before. You've never prayed this before, but, like, bring your faith. Live by faith, and I asked friends, I said, is it wrong that I'm going to pray? Like, is it wrong for me to pray for this? Like, you know, trusted friends who had really been walking out their faith. I was like, is it wrong? Like, can I believe that God can do this? I've never seen it. And, you know, we're like dissecting scripture. Well, like scripture says that God is going to do greater things than us, you know, like use us for that. And I was like, okay, true, true. But, you know, and really God was challenging me, bring my faith, meet her where she's at. So pray and believe with somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be to that extreme, but it can, it can be really hard. It can be something that you've never um, prayed and believed for. 
Another thing that you can do that's very tangible is bring an element of encouragement and bring your stories. Stories of what God has done in your life. Don't minimize the things that God has done in your lives, the transformation that you've experienced. Share that. Share that with your friends. Share that with the people who might not have the faith at that moment to see God do that transformation. They need a boost. They need the faith. Bring your faith along and share stories of transformation. Right? Because faith can be contagious. Like, I don't know if you've ever walked into, like, a space and been like, yo, this place feels dead. Like, there's no, like, you know, it's like, sometimes, I don't know, if you've ever walked into church, you're like, man, it seems kind of like, oh, energy is here, the faith is here. Like, aren't we supposed to be people who are supposed to, like, bring life into situations? Right? Faith is contagious. So if we can be a people who are sharing our stories, sharing what God has done, it spills over. Right? Like, laughter is contagious. Faith is contagious. Yawning is contagious. Yo, faith is contagious. But we've got to be people who bring it to the table. Right? And then my last tangible thing here is injecting faith by changing the atmosphere and the culture. And I think a huge part of this has to do with our attitude. What's our attitude about everything and anything that we do that has anything to do with serving God? Man, I have to worship. I'm at church Sunday. They're going to play four songs because I know they always play four songs. <laughs> the second one will probably have the high crescendo. And I, okay, I have to worship, right? Or like, I have to serve. There aren't enough people, so I have to serve. It's my job. I'm supposed to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, serve. Um, right? Or like, sometimes it's like, oh, I have to talk to this person. I have to do this. Just that attitude of I have to is just so toxic to the church. It really is. Like, you get to. You get to partner with God. You get to do these things. You get to serve and invite and advance in the kingdom of God, right? And so if we are people who are just like, I have to, like, that's not, that, that is also a contagious attitude, and that's toxic for the body of Christ, right? But if we're like, okay, my faith matters. So if I walk into a space thinking like, hey, I'm bringing the living God in with me because he lives and dwells in me into this space, I get the opportunity to change it by my attitude and my actions. That makes a big difference. And so here's uh, something that happened to me not that long ago. Um, we have like a weekly staff meeting at my job. I hate it. It's my least, like when I, okay, that's not true. God's transforming me, so I, I, I'm liking it a lot more. But I'm really serious. Uh, but when it, I started this, um, when we started it back up in January, like, I would tell my husband and just some friends, this is my least favorite hour of the whole week. That's, like, dramatic, right? I'm a pretty dramatic person anyway. I was like, of all the hours in my week, this is my least favorite one. It's just soul-crushing and, like, Right? That was my attitude. So you know what? It was. <laughs> it was. God, I was driving, and God's like, well, if with that attitude, it sure will be, right? Like, if, you're, if you, act, you think like that, that's what it's going to be like. And I was driving, and God was just like, what if you just decided to have fun and bring faith into the room? How would that be? And I was like, we'll try it. I'll take that advice, God. Okay, cool. And I did that staff meeting, and I'm like, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. It really was so fun, like so fun. And then I was like, you know what? Let's up it a notch. What if... I started calling people in this meeting out by, like, their identity, right? And so um, for those of you who haven't, well, I haven't been around, like, 
call to greatness, Morning Star Church for like decades and decades, but previous to me being like, you know, coming to KU, I had heard that like, um, like Jonathan and John McDermott, the pastor at Morning Star Church, Rick um, Mullen, Rich Lorenzo, maybe he came a couple weeks ago, I think, and spoke, that they would, and like Steve Strom, that they used to like go around and like call each other like, what up, Faith? Like, what up, Champ, right? Like, uh, you guys used to do, and then like, like, yeah, yeah, like back in the day, and then, like, I'm, like, you know, when I was, like, coming around, I was, like, man, these guys just be calling each other champ and faith, and, like, faith is a girl's name, one, uh, but uh, they would, like, they would just call each other that, and it really had, didn't really take a, like, didn't really, like, spill over into the younger generation, you know, we're just kind of, like, uh, that's, that's a little strange. Okay, I'm, I'm that person. I'm trying to bring it, right? I want to bring faith. I want to call people by their identity. So in that staff meeting, I picked one person. I said, every time I see you, I'm going to call you Faith Brother Champ. Yes, it's a long name. What's up, Faith Brother Champ? Yeah. I brought, my, I like did my own little flair to it because, you know, got to bring my own flair. But like, it changed the atmosphere. People, because I'm sure if I'm acting like it's the worst um, hour of my life, they're all going to feel it. So I'm deciding I'm going to bring my faith. I'm going to bring excitement. I'm going to bring expectation that God's going to give us creative solutions, that we're going to have a lot of fun, that there's going to be camaraderie, and that this is actually going to be a fun hour. And so Faith Brother Champ is my friend Brendan Downey. He's in my phone as Brendan Faith Brother Champ Downey. It is a long name. But you know what? we got to start somewhere, right? So I had to change my attitude. Attitude is really, really important. And that's something that we can all do very easily. Right? It's like, okay, God, how can I partner with you? How can I change my attitude about the things that I have to do to now really seeing it as the things I get to do? God, I get to partner with you. I get to serve people. I get to invite people into your kingdom. And man, I get to love people. Because really, like, we are better together. And if you have a sour attitude, like I said, man, that can be toxic. But faith can be contagious. And that is something that we really need to bring to the forefront. When we're, when we're inviting people into the kingdom, because that's the, what we want them to taste and see. We want them to taste and see the goodness of God. We don't want them to get this false expectation that it's boring, that it's lame, that it's always hard, blah, blah, blah. No, man, this is an adventure. We get to invite people into this adventure. And so um, that's my challenge for you guys, is like th- these were pretty like uh, tangible, but also there's a lot of room for creativity and to hear from the Holy Spirit about what you can do Like, do you shy away from praying and believing for people? Okay, maybe God is asking you to come at 9.15 next Sunday to come and infuse your faith with other people because what that does is it sets the tone for this very room so that when new people come or people come, they can experience God in a fresh, new way, right? Maybe you don't like to encourage or share stories because you think that's like bragging. I don't know. Well, cool. We're bragging on God. Let's give him the glory. Okay. Let's share some stories. Like, you know, don't shy away from sharing your story. Or maybe you don't have the confidence that you've walked it out very long. And trust God. Trust that if you share your stories, the Holy Spirit is going to do the rest. Right. And maybe you're the person that's like, I don't know. I, I bring a bad attitude. Let's just, maybe I, I do change the atmosphere, but not in a great way. Maybe the way that I can bring something to the table and change things around here um, in, this, in, in my community where I'm at is to change the atmosphere and set the culture. So I don't know, maybe someone start, is going to start calling people faith, champ, brother, I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> but if not, that's okay, right? The goal is just to inject and infuse our faith and to be a people who live by faith. And so um, that's the challenge. That's my hope for you guys. 
this week is that you'll find yourselves more empowered to do so so that people can really step into the fold of what God has. So I'm going to pray for us, and then someone's coming up, I'm sure. <laughs> um, God, I just thank you so much, Lord, that you have all, you've enlisted all of us to participate in your faith gang. And God, I thank you, Lord, that we get to do this with a, um, a heart uh, that is humble, that is honored for this privilege, God, and that we also get to do it with friends, God, and that you've given us people, you've, knit, you've knitted us together in such a unique way, God, that every single person is needed, God, and that you've rested and given us um, responsibility in your kingdom. So, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to um, not be afraid or timid of that responsibility, but, God, to be people who are just excited um, to take this, this role on. Um, Lord, I thank you for these people, and I thank you, God, that you have knitted me and all the people in Lawrence and Kansas City together in such a way um, for a time as this. In your name, amen.